0: Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at ExplorationsEarlyLearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings. Recording. Hi, Candice. Hi, Annie. How are you? Great tired 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 but not burning out let's talk about burnout (laughs) teacher burnout teacher burnout it's blowing up the internet it's blowing up the social medias everywhere i feel like teacher twitter's on fire about teacher burnout. Um, I was just sharing some numbers with you that I read that I did not verify. They came straight from Twitter. It a TV um, Twitter. I, I think that's just what people call it.
1: <laughs> like a white people Twitter.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Um, so apparently I think this person is a, um, I don't know who they are actually. Uh, 21,000 workers left the field of K-12 education in September, 309,000 fewer teachers and support staff than pre-pandemic times. Um, I don't know that this is just public education, but the the person, so this is a tweet by Heather Long at by Heather Long. She has a little blue check mark. I probably should know who she is Um she says public education remains one of the least recovered industries from the pandemic so i don't know if those numbers are just public education or what but it's it's the talk of the teacher world right now right like i know i've sat down with teacher friends who are older than me and we've talked about if they were any closer to retirement they'd be walking away this year i think you know there's a lot that goes into this we are really sensitive to teachers both having come from teaching uh, we never want to bash teachers. We never want to bash education. However, we also really, we, we do want to bash the system a little bit because we know it's a failing system and we know it's a toxic system and we know it's failing, not just students, but teachers. And we were people who felt that way in, in action. Right. Yes. That's
1: why we started our program.
0: Mm there is another way people yeah so what do you think you taught more in public schools and k-12 schools than I ever did um tell me Um, about why it's toxic
1: I think there's a couple things I think the first thing that you said was post-pandemic teachers are leaving And I think that's because as far as I know, evaluations haven't changed at all. And there's so much pressure put on teacher evaluations and so many expectations put on teachers. I think that's one thing that could easily improve and help teachers out a lot. Um,
0: And what is that? Like, what can you get more specific? Because I haven't taught in a K-12 classroom in a really long time. And I've heard about the metrics and the things, but what does it actually look like?
1: It's like a scale. Well, uh, it depends on the district. So some districts use different, but it, just in general, like it could be like a scale. So classroom management. So somebody walks in your classroom, it can be at any time. So one of them usually has been announced. Mm, I hate that
0: feeling. Oh,
1: I know. And one of them is unannounced. So then they will, can walk in your classroom at any time. And they would sit in the back of the room and watch you teach, and then give you on a scale of you know one to four how was your classroom management, how was your teaching, how was the curriculum usage, blah 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 and so then you meet with the person after to hear about how you did. <laughs> and-
0: Okay, let's pause there for a second. Like first of all, it feels awful from the start because it feels like they're coming into your room because there's an assumption that you're not doing your job well. Right. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? I like I remember that always when it was like teacher, I don't know, like, yeah, if if an administrator came into my room and sat in the back, right? That's what they usually do. They sit in the back and they're like, shh you know like keep paying attention to the kids um it's such a disruption first of all having a stranger in the room right like that alone invites so much chaos but it just automatically feels like they're starting from an assumption of yeah you're not doing it right you have to prove to us that you're doing it right
1: yeah I always felt like like when I did them, I would actually tell people like always what I was going to do them. And that's cheating. I, oh I totally cheated, but I always felt like it's not coming from a place of like, I don't oh. trust you. It's just coming from a place like I have to do this. But then there's also not like we tell teachers, okay, so you have to model this for kids and you know, you have to model the lessons and what you want from lessons. And there's not a lot of that, like as a, an administrator we yes. rarely see administrators teaching or standing up and modeling for teachers, like what they actually want to see.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you hear, you hear most schools in our area these days have like a math coach and a literacy coach. Um, and the coach, I think rarely models in action in practice.
1: Yeah. I, I, was right? I, don't a, even know. I was usually a substitute when that was my job.
0: Right. And so that, okay. So that is one of the biggest complaints. And by the way, Heather Long, I looked it up. She's a correspondent for the Washington post. Um, And so the biggest complaints, I think that we've heard personally from teachers that we've been reading online. One is that they're under supported. So the support staff people have been slowly going away and that can be social workers, therapists, the people that like our kids, desperately need, especially now more than ever after the collective trauma of the pandemic. Um, but it also could mean substitutes. It could mean, um, people in the lunchroom. And so more than ever, I think teachers are being pulled in as subs coaches and administrators are being pulled in as subs. Um, classes are being split up and when a a sub can't be found, right? Like they send seven second graders to this kindergarten classroom and six second graders to this first grade classroom. And I know to me as a parent, when that was happening, I was like, this is such BS because you give me so much trouble if my kid's going to miss a day, but it's okay. If my kid's going to go to a kindergarten classroom for a day, cause you don't have a staff person anyways. All right. So yes, as administrators, you're often being pulled in.
1: Um, yeah and then I don't know where I was going with that really. I don't but know ended, we're talking um, about the
0: observation part still. I oh yeah much. yeah
1: yeah so they're not really modeling and I just think it's like like I remember I got evaluated once and my the only feedback I got was you say good job a lot <laughs> and I was like I was like like, you know, not obviously not like highly effective. And I was like, so that's why I'm not a highly effective teacher is because I seek a job a lot. Well, like, I don't know. It's just that it's really stressful. It's really stressful to be thinking like somebody's gonna come in and judge me at all times, especially if you don't have a good relationship with that person.
0: Well, and it's like a rubric, right? It's very black and white, like but there's also uh, a lot that's up to the, the eye of the beholder. And, um, it's, it, it's really hard to have high fidelity in those kinds of evaluations. Like every observer is going to observe something different.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: there's so much implicit bias that we know about now. There's just so much that goes into it that like, you can't come into a classroom and be a neutral observer and and really look at it. All right. So the observation and then the follow up, which is always painful. Um, what about like the attachment to kids' test scores? Is that something that plays into um, a teacher's evaluation?
1: Yeah, I mean, some teachers. It depends on like the district too. I think like can be up to like twenty five percent or something. Mm. And then also their. Um, their pay like sometimes it's tied to teacher pay it's tied to their raises like some teachers get raises and some don't you know based on their test scores um yeah it's been a
0: complaint I think we've heard too raises a lot of schools either aren't giving raises there have been salary freezes there have been one percent increases but it's not matching up with inflation um I think where we see and recognize a lot of the pain that teachers are experiencing, we also take it with a grain of salt because there's kind of this woe woe is me martyrdom that comes along with teaching for many people, not all. Um, Like, you owe me because I'm doing this and I'm like the best teacher ever.
1: It's like the, um, kind of like a savior complex a lot of times that can get... um...
0: No, a child didn't just interrupt us.
1: <laughs> and,
0: uh, okay, I did want to hear those thoughts.
1: What was I saying? Um, I yeah, so it's like the savior complex. Thing, oh yeah, which ties into this whole systemic like issue of like, especially people who work in urban schools. Like, I'm just kind of thinking about that. Like, I'm here to save you and teach you how to read but then really it's just so damaging right and like I'm here to teach you how to fit into my idea of society Mm -hmm. well and there's like
0: there's a whole thing there right because they need you to feel that way because they being the system um, because you convince yourself you can't leave your kids right you can't leave the kids because then there's nobody who's going to fill your shoes Mm -hmm. And they're going to have no teacher. And sometimes you're right. Right. Like we lost a really good third grade teacher this year at our neighborhood public school. And, um, they didn't fill the position and they ended up doing a, a, I mean, I think they've changed it now, but they ended up doing a two, three split and a three, four split in a third grade class. And it's like, again, it's just kind of like, okay, so you can do whatever you want because you can't find a teacher. But like, if I need to be, if I need you to be flexible to my family's needs, it's a no go. Um,
1: yeah. Well, it's even like taking a day off, like don't take a day off. What will the kids do? Cause you won't get a sub or like, it'll be a horrible sub or whatever. Like, it's just so much guilt. There's so, so much, much guilt. guilt. Into it.
0: Yeah. And then the other complaint that we've heard a lot um, this year from teachers is the parents. A lot of people are saying it's not the kids, it's the parents. Um, what's up with that?
1: I think we were talking about like, you know, I had, I was thinking about, I think you read a quote from somebody who was a teacher at a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling like, I think a lot of parents in private school settings like that have like really high expectations for their kids and the teachers and also this kind of like consumer mindset.
0: Mm, I'm paying for this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm your customer. It's funny. I have, um, I went to Catholic school for grade school. I um, went to a Catholic college, I guess too, but I taught at a Catholic school and I have friends and family who uh, attend Catholic school and work in them. So I feel like pretty intimate with Catholic schools and every Catholic school I've ever worked at. The principal is such a hard ass that they get to like set the rules and they don't answer emails from parents until like days later. And I have, um, some family members who are like great business people and this just blows their mind. Like, they're like, what kind of business are you running that I send you an email and you wait six days to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> like, just They get to do what they want. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that's Again, a product of the system that we've created um, expectations that aren't valid, right? So we've Mm -hmm. we've told parents like your child should be reading by January of their kindergarten year, basically, or some schools say before they get to kindergarten. Um, So then they, they think that that's the pace and the rigor. And as we talked to Carol recently, like regardless if you are excelling or not meeting, uh, the expectations. Like there's always more work for the kids. So that doesn't really matter. And I think the parents too, like we've created this system of early childhood that is failing our families. And we expect people to figure that out on their own. And I've heard, I've heard, um, very wealthy conservative Republicans walk through spaces with me that are made for early childhood. And they say, Oh yeah, we love this. We just, we can pay, we can donate to the special education program, but you know, we really believe that the childcare part should be up to every family to take care of on their own, but also, okay, not true. (laughs) How do we do that? So yeah, just this notion of early childhood, um, gets us off on the wrong foot. We start our relationships with our children overtired, under-supported, generally. I'm really happy if you're somebody who doesn't start this way. Um, So that like by the time for many parents, preschool or kindergarten rolls around, it's the first chance they've had to separate from their kids and Um, Their mental health is really, really dependent on that. And they're like, get my kids out of here, (laughs) right? Like school is childcare. And for anybody who thinks otherwise, um, I'd love to talk to you. So just shoot us a DM. Uh. You know,
1: I realized school is childcare when one of my friends told me that um, when they don't have a sub for one of their classrooms, they do a movie room. They show movies on Netflix all day and it was like, oh, school really is childcare.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um and that's funny because in our in our world of self-directed education, there might be a day where a group of kids watches movies all day and we're okay with that. And we recognize that it's learning and we recognize um that learning doesn't have to come from a teacher or textbook. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just ironic when there's a school system telling you that you need a teacher and you need textbooks in order for learning to happen. And um, then they're the ones that put on a movie for or have a, a movie room. They they rotate classes through a <laughs> Hmm. Yeah,
1: so like you were saying, it's the system that's creating the issue for the parents, for the teachers, for the kids. Mm-hmm. Unrealistic. There's so many unrealistic expectations that it's not even like if you did better, you it would be better. Like for to the teachers, like as far as evaluations, you know, like you can do better and then this will be better for you or easier for you or just work harder and like. It's not that, it's just an unrealistic system. It's not working for anybody anymore.
0: I think that was one of the most mind-blowing things when I really, um, you know, we share some resources with our families um, to help them process what white supremacism is and how it lives within us without ever knowing it sometimes. And I know um, that perfectionism, that constantly seeking to do better um is such a piece of that and it's often one of the things i don't know i see parents and and young people struggle with as they de-school like that need to do better like we can make that better we can make this meeting better you can make that class better and like it doesn't take into account, especially with teacher evaluations, it doesn't take into account your actual relationship with the students, right like yes, their learning is important, and if you think you can measure their learning, that's great, but like the humanity of them is what's important, and especially if you're working in schools where kids are showing up, which is is every school these days kids are showing up hungry or uh, maybe their necks got a kink in it because they slept in the car, right? Like, rates of, of insecure housing is higher than ever before. I don't know if that's true, actually, but I like to say things like that. It's high. We all know it's high. <laughs> I don't know that it's higher than ever before. <laughs> Sometimes I speak in hyperbolic language. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you have to actually look at the person and. Um, That is also something that would be impossible. I mean, nearly impossible to measure. Um, how does your teacher make you feel? Does your teacher value you? Does your teacher, um, give you a snack when you're hungry? Um, does your teacher recognize when you're just tired? Like some days your whole class is low energy and you need to do something that's not on your written agenda for the day. Uh, I always struggled with turning in lesson plans ahead of time because I was like, how do I know? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I really like believed in responsive classrooms and that's hard to do.
1: Yeah, I feel like lesson plans are just for show, basically, because you never know what you're going to do like a day in advance.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, I I hope to never write another lesson plan again in my life.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay. So this was a, a a quote from somebody's share on social media. Teaching is the best job in the world when working with kids, but it's the worst when parents and politicians get involved.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: right okay like there's so much to unpack there because yes politicians right it it, our system is tied up with public money there will always be politicians involved politicians have generally not done great things for education they're not informed on the topics they want to prove learning they want to see numbers whatever parents like, that's just sad to say it's the worst when parents are like, how are you going to be involved with a young person's life, Who a young person who has parents and not figure out how to have a relationship with them also. And if their expectations are misaligned, then that's on the school system, right? Like we're supposed to be telling people what their kids need to know or what their kids need for support. Um, and so if they're, de- you know, if it's a parent being too demanding, Um, or telling you you're not doing your job right or not trusting that you have uh, the relationship that you need to have with their kids. I don't know.
1: It's complicated. Yeah, I wouldn't say. I mean, I think we've had this conversation before about what the system like the system is brainwashing people to think that they need all of these things like I had a parent ask me once if I thought their child was right like college ready and he was like five years old (laughs) (laughs)
0: yes he's perfectly tracking for college
1: (laughs) but that's the thing like everybody thinks that's like the dream is like and it was for maybe our generation or the generation before us but now like the study just came out and I want to find it again because it was like what is gen x's um am I is that gen x what's the new generation right now gen 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 y yeah (laughs) whatever the the younger generation of like teens and 20s like like what are their goals and what are they aiming for and it's like college was like the last on the list and now people want tiktok stardom (laughs) (laughs) but like people want time like you know like time and freedom are the new like money right Uh like consumerism but nobody like college is really I don't know I've been trying to think about it so much lately about this college thing just like how do you really need to spend this much money on on a degree if you're not going to be like I understand maybe like a doctor or a lawyer but like a business degree you mm. know like it's yeah just, it's a lot to think about and process that It's not like college doesn't have to be the way for everyone, and -hmm. they can still be successful even if they don't go to college.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and for the time being, it's like the only way in still, um, unless you're like the random success story. But I do think I think the world is changing so fast that we are like going to be chasing our tail on so many things. Like, a neighbor was recently talking about uh, short term housing and laws that you know are govern short, short-term housing and stuff like that. But yeah, like that's also going to be a new trend among um the 20-somethings like they don't want to own a house. They want to like all they want is short-term housing. They want to be able to like live in Grand Rapids for 2 weeks and then move to Chicago for a month and then go spend 3 weeks in Florida and like that is happening and not everybody has access to it, but I just I don't know. I think we have to really start thinking innovatively as we think up, you know, how a community should look going forward and in, including schools. Yeah. So teachers out there, I don't know. What would our message be to teachers out there? Quit. <laughs> quit. Just quit. Get out while you're still ahead. Oh, I just, yeah, I just want more people to realize that there are other possibilities. And I think it's going to take good people walking away and creating the new system um, to allow the access to those possibilities. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry for you, teachers. I'm sorry that it sucks to be a teacher. I feel like education has always been like my calling and I'm glad I have figured out a way to continue working with young kids and helping them being witness to, you know, giving access to, um, their learning, but not in the way that I have someone randomly show up to tell me I'm doing a good job or not, or I am being scored off of somebody else's scores or whenever. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we've seen through self-directed education just how much more fluid learning is and uh the rubrics, the metrics, the timelines of the school system really are meaningless. Yep. So, just quit. <laughs> No, but really, if you're a teacher stuck in a system, stuck in a school, if you're a teacher happily working in a school, if you think we're way off the mark, if you're listening to this and you're curious about how we did it, how to do it, um, reach out to us. You can come on the show. You can ask us questions that we'll try and answer on the show. But um, yeah, I think we are seeing if that many people are leaving that should tell us something right big red big red flag as journalist heather long said yes 21,000 employees in september left k12 education that's a lot well candice thank you for getting out of line with me again tonight thank you we'll talk to you guys later bye
1: bye